Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Ben Nichols for Omno, a gorgeous 2021 adventure game with a really chill and beautiful soundtrack. Uh, Ben actually received some really neat nominations for his work on that, which we'll talk about. We also talk about his music for The Falconeer, which came out in 2020, and a world builder game called Before We Leave. So three games, Omno, The Falconeer, and Before We Leave. All three of these soundtracks are so different and so wonderful in their own ways. We're going to talk about all three of them. Uh, Join us on Discord to talk about this episode and pretty much anything else you'd imagine that we would discuss on a server that's dedicated to game audio and music. It's free to join us on Discord, so pop on by and say hello. Or you could share a tune from a game that you really are loving. Or you can post a picture of your cat or your dog or whatever. Uh, Well, not whatever, but you know what I mean. Just come check us out in Discord. Uh, Also, you'll find a video of my chat with Ben on YouTube. And we have a lot of activity happening on YouTube as well. I post a couple different playlists a week on Mondays and Wednesdays. Patrons of Level have access to playlists that guests create. And those get posted on Thursdays, traditionally. So visit us on YouTube as well to check out all the video and musical happenings there. And of course, we encourage you to become a patron if you can. At $2 a month, you get access to special channels in Discord. Starting at $5 a month, you'll be thanked on YouTube for your support. So visit patreon.com level to learn more about all of that. And we are so grateful for your support in any way. All right, here is Ben Nichols. I'm Benedict Nichols, or just Ben. Uh, I'm a composer. I've worked mainly in computer games. Uh, I've been doing computer games, scoring computer games for about 10 years or so, um, and kind of doing a bit of sound design when they need it and trailer work. And I, I, I tend to work mostly with solo developers or sm- really small teams and help kind of bring the projects to life, kind of almost be that one man audio solution that lots of indie developers are looking for because of you know budget restraints or or you know reasons of for creativity they want smaller teams and stuff like that so uh, yeah that's who i am and here i am in the uk (laughs) and ben you know some composers really dislike doing all they want to either compose or Mm. people want to be a sound designer but it sounds like you kind of enjoy doing uh both uh yeah i think so um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, so composing is my first love. Um, for sure. That's for sure. I've always, always done that ever since I was a little kid, always been, been trying to write things and come up with stuff. But when I get a job where I get to create all the sound for the entire world and really kind of come up with the sonic imprint of it, I, I do love that as well. I love having that control and the kind of creativity and the freedom that comes with that. Um, but sound design, sound design is a different beast, and, and it should never be underestimated. That's for sure. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's hard work. I'm not going to lie. Sound design. When when I'm in a like creatively going, composing, loving it, having the time of my life. You know, working away, writing tunes, and you know all sorts of stuff. And then it's like, okay, now sound design. Cool. I've come up with something cool for sound design for a cutscene or for whatever. And it's like, right now I've got to implement it, or I've got to give directions on how to implement it. And so that's when kind of the technical kind of spreadsheet uh. side of this job kicks in and it's like, okay, well, this is not quite as creative at the moment, but it's, but it's still super satisfying when it's in game and it works and you go, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I I came across you just, you know, looking through new games and stuff, and I stumbled across Before We Leave, which I think is your newest mm. one that has come out. Is that right? Uh, Before We Leave came out two nearly two years ago now. Um, what? What? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, Maybe? yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It came out on the Epic... <laughs> It came out on the Epic Game Store as a as a, a one-year timed exclusive and then released onto Steam and all the other PC platforms. And now is on console as well and it, it's on Game Pass and also on PlayStation. And it's, Amazing. It's a lovely game. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it it is. It is. It's so it's so beautiful. And and I, I don't necessarily want to start there. I mean, we certainly can, but that led me to Omno. And then I noticed mm. that you were up for an Ivor Novello, which is a huge deal, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And then you told me about the Falconeer. So we're going to talk about those three <laughs> scores because they're so different from each other, right? I mean, it's completely different yeah. projects. So, uh, I mean, yeah. given that, where do you want to start? <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I, was, I was so lucky to work on all three of those projects, you know, and they yeah. are so different from each other, which I think was partly what I loved. I mean, I was kind of working on all of them at the same time. Uh, various stages obviously sure. some kind of months would be more intensely on one project than another but kind of at the same time and so like i loved that flipping between them and and you know kind of really burrowing in and kind of you know one thing would inspire something diff completely different than another and i'm i'm you know when i'm writing music it just it's sort of creatively i'm all sorts of things are happening in my head and it's sifting through those and finding the right things and then having to have kind of outlets for all these different ideas was was a real pleasure and privilege really mm -hmm. and it seems yeah. like with you know with omno and before we leave they're much more mellow not that the falconeer is you know call of duty <laughs> epic orchestral or anything like that but it's definitely mm. up a notch right because it's much more of a battle game oh, so yeah yeah so talk to me about the falconeer let's let's start with that one okay we'll start the falconeer so falconeer for anyone who, who doesn't know about it it's basically flying around on giant warbirds, firing lasers over this giant water world where crazy creatures and all sorts of stuff happens. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's chaos at times, but at the same time, it's also a really, really beautiful game. Um, like the, 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 the landscapes and the, the style of it and everything is phenomenal. The developer is a guy called Thomas and, uh, he's one of a kind. He's amazing. Um, so I kind of pitched to him an idea for it, like for, for the combat, I think it was, because the combat's very visceral. It's like old school dogfighting. If anyone's played Crimson Skies, um, it's like that. Or, you know, kind of even, we took some ideas kind of for Wing Commander as well, I think Thomas was influenced by. But uh, so it's sort of like beautiful kind of lonely vistas kind of over water and, you know, these incredible um, 
towns built by factions, but at the same time, the combat itself is really intense. It's yeah. really in your face. And so the music had to music had to reflect all of that and work with all of that. It was really straightforward in the sense that, you know, it's kind of intense, representing whatever faction is attacking you. I, there's different music and different intensities and all that kind of normal stuff you'd get in kind of dynamic battle music. Um, and then I had to do music and sound design for the whole world. And that was really awesome because it was like, it's an entirely new IP. You know, it's completely different from anything else in the world. And so I was like, I just could do whatever I liked, you know, and it was, it was, and that's what I did. I create, I put all sorts of weird things together that I don't think people would normally put together. Um, and there's, there's kind of, there's Vulcan choirs, there's church organ, there's sitars, there's synthesizers, um, you know, there's chantras and bagpipes. And I think there's a little bit of harpsichord in there. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts, you know, and, I, and, and Thomas gave me such free reign to just go try stuff, you know? Oh, obviously, Mongolian singing. He was big into yeah. Mongolian singing. That was one of the first things he ever said to me. So the whole sea, like whenever you're flying out at sea, that is all Mongolian-like um, chanting and stuff that's been kind of distorted and resampled and reworked and all that stuff to create yeah. this kind of bedrock of ambience. And if you fly deeper into the sea, because you can in some places, you can actually kind of go under it, as it were, like that intensifies. So it was kind of very much it was the sound of the water and the sound of the sea and this kind of nice. this abyss of water that would kill you if you, if you, you know, landed it and stuff. So <laughs> doing that, and then it was like all these factions, all these factions have got to have like, I wanted them to have a sense of cultural background and a sense that they've been here a long time and a sense of really kind of embodying their experience on the earthy because like, one faction is trying to escape one faction is trying to kind of keep everyone safe because they know that it's not well, really possible ah, spoilers another <laughs> faction is just sort of going for dominance and another faction are just trying to survive they're kind of like the civilians who have just you know they've kind of torn away from these terrible other factions and they're just trying to survive so i wanted to give a sense of history and culture to each of those and and thomas let me so every single location has got its own music to you know, because there were houses within the factions as well, and I wanted each of those to be slightly different. And everything. You know, I, I threw everything at it. Yeah, 
I, I just loved that I like wrote down, I started writing down instruments that I was hearing, whether they're samples or not. I was like, didgeridoo. And then I, I'm like, what type oh, yeah. of bagpipes are these? <laughs> and then <laughs> throat singing, traditional <laughs> voice, shamisen or something, taiko, EDM synth yeah. moments, strings. Yeah. Like, and it's great yeah, because yeah. sometimes that can get too much, but I, it all fits together so well. And I think that's what impressed me so much by the score is how you did take all these I mean, these instruments have very specific cultural sounds to them, right? Like when we hear bagpipes, we yeah. think of the Northlands, or when we hear shamisen or taiko, we think of Japan, and yet they blend together so well. I, I was just really impressed by that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was really fun. And I, I deliberately set out to use things in a way that they're not normally used because yeah. I was like. This is a whole new world. And, and, and obviously, so, as you're saying, as you're listening, so many instruments have really, they evoke really specific responses from, from us. And, and they're so used to certain tropes and games and cliches you know, that work for a reason and all the rest of it. And I was like, well, I want to do something different. And a lot of it is samples. Um, some of it is me. <laughs> some of it is me <laughs> messing around with my voice and, uh, and percussive instruments and guitars. And, you know, I've got, I've got this here. Um, oh, nice! You know, and I, yeah, well, it's not an expensive instrument. I picked it up off, I think it was Toman or something, and I detuned it and messed around with it. And then that's the that's the stringed instrument that's strumming away during the pirate music, you know, for oh, the pirate okay. faction, and you know, kind of thing. Because it's like, well, we've got to have something like that for them. And you know, I had a bass guitar around, and I detuned that really, really low to get some really kind of low resonance, and but with interesting harmonics and stuff. And yeah, I, yeah. There's, there's so much in it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. What's yeah. your What's your main instrument, Ben? Uh, so piano is kind of okay. is my it's, it's the thing that I would say now is my main instrument. Obviously, growing up, I learned a lot of different instruments, but I started out on violin. Um, okay. Uh, but then I kind of transferred to piano when I realised, oh, I could play a lot more notes at once, and I didn't have to get <laughs> out of the case and. I have to get out and tune it every time and uh, make sure everything's all right, and then and then put my family through torture as I was working my way through the grades. Um, so, yeah, piano is the piano's the main thing, but also percussion, woodwind instruments, a bit, uh, you know, just oh, whatever's needed, really. Okay, so you do play some wind instruments because you know sometimes people are like plucked instruments, wind instruments, ne'er the two shall meet. You know, well. Yeah, I, I, it's, I'm not great at them for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I don't pick them up and practice them, and I haven't done in a long time. But you know, it's for things like the falconer. I don't need to be able to play them like a, a, sure. a pro. It's I'm doing something more interesting with it. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the solo string instruments that are in the falconer are not actually live instruments. They're using SWAM, which is like um, sample modeling instruments. And then I, and then because they're sample modeled, I could mess around with the settings and make them sound. Yeah. just a little bit different and you know and throw in some oddities and interesting things So you said violin that you played. So is that you on Omno playing all the beautiful, you know, 
fiddly no, kind no. of no it's not <laughs> you're no, like absolutely not, not. No, no way no 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 that's that's all that's all samples um yeah no i on though it was quite a journey quite a journey with, with with the 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 music for that but the particularly the strings are all nearly all are samples by audio bros uh, modern sample modern What's that called? Modern String Library or something? I've forgotten the name of it now. <laughs> but it's a fantastic library and I highly recommend it. Modern Scoring Strings. There we go. That's okay. what I highly recommend that because I was actually halfway through scoring the game when they released that sample library and I listened to it and I went, oh man, this is, you know, I can, this is really good. So I went back and I redid all the strings. Oh, wow. You know, to all the music. But it, but it opened up more creative possibilities because the library was you know, so flexible. I was like, oh, actually, I can do this now. This is what I wanted to do before. And, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of the, some of those lines very much sound real. I mean, which oh. this is the beauty of samples, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, I, I just yeah. completely did not for one second doubt that some of those lines were oh. played physically. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's remarkable. What a beautiful, oh, that's, beautiful that's, thing. The best I could hope for, really. <laughs> I mean, because it's never going to be perfect, and you never get the same emotion as you would from a you know a real orchestra and all the rest of it. You know, live plays, you can't beat it. But yeah, you know, just me sat in this room during lockdown, spending many, 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 many hours, kind of going over and going, "Oh, that's not quite as believable as I can make it," and, and all of that. And it, it paid off. It's, it was worth it. And so with regard to Omno, you mentioned that, you know, that was quite a journey. Uh, you know, mm. what's the significance behind that statement? <laughs> <laughs> well, so Jonas, who developed Omno on his own, again, um, another genius, genius guy. Um, he started working on it five years ago and he started putting out little videos on, a, I think it was a Facebook group and just, you know, saying, you know, I'm working on this idea, exploring ideas. And every now and then they'd have a bit of music to it. And every time I saw one of these videos, I was like, oh man, I want to score that. I really want to score that. Mm. And the reason why is because like when I first started out in composition, um, you know, kind of just writing stuff as a teenager and stuff, one of the things I would love to do is writing like really nice, gentle piano music with mm. nice melodies that flowed and just kind of had that. They very much were an expression of myself. Um, and so when I saw Omno, oh, I was like, this is a game that, I feel like I could put my heart and soul into. Um, and so I got in contact and I started, you know, sending him a little pictures and things. And, and I, you know, he, he was being inundated by you know, hundreds of composers, I think in, in the end, oh, wow. everyone could see this game has amazing potential. Mm -hmm. um, and I, every now and then would send him stuff and go, you know, how about this? How about that? Oh, I was having this idea. And I was thinking about possible this game mechanic that you might want to have. And, you know, because I like to get involved more than just the audio side. I like to, the development of the game and, and mm -hmm. poor ideas and whether or not the developer takes them fine don't mind but it's, it's what <laughs> i like to do um and then like one time i sent him a track and he he basically isolated like eight bars and went this is it this is the this is the sound of omno this is oh, this wow. kind of the gentle euphoria kind of euphoric kind of but with 
movement and all of that kind of stuff. And and it kind of it went from there. Really, I was like, okay, we've got those eight bars, and I know what it is about them. And and the whole soundtrack kind of grew out of that, really. But and and every day that I was writing these melodies, you know, I would sit here at the end of the day and listen back to it and just be like, I felt like it was a real expression of myself. And it's so rare that you get to, I, in my career at least, it's been so rare that I've got to write music like that. Music that for me was how I started out and the kind of stuff I wanted to write. So for me, it was very much, uh, I suppose in some sense, a sense of coming home in, in that kind of creative output. But now I have the gear and technology's moved on and also the expertise to realise it in a way that I never would have been able to have done when I was you know, 14, 15. So for me, it was a it was a real work of passion, and yeah, was, I think so. I think that's why it's the journey for me. And then how significant then to be nominated for such a prestigious award. The Ivor Novellos, you know, a lot of people oh. might might not understand what these are, but these are very prestigious awards for singer, not yeah. singers, I'm sorry, for songwriting and composition. So they kind of mm. fly under the radar, right? Because uh, I, I think anyway, at least in the oh. U.S. Um, so, but mm. I mean, what an honor to, to receive a nomination. How much more significant yeah. for such a personal project. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I was gobsmacked. I was blown away. I mean, I honestly did not expect it, but I was, I was, ah, uh, yeah. It was just phenomenal. And it's so. And one of the amazing things is that the Ivers are judged by other people in the industry and by other game composers and stuff. So to have that kind of, you know, a, approval and kind of, you know, verification of all the hard, effort, you know, all the hard work and all the effort that I put in and. You know, I was just amazed, and like it's crazy. I mean, the people I was up against, um, you know, composed from Marvel Gods, Gary, Richard Jakes, or Jax, and Jakes, Bobby yeah. Krillick, who Jakes, I'm, I'm never sure which way to say That's it. All right. you, know, <laughs> you know, and you know, and like, I mean, their music is phenomenal. It's stuff that I listen to and go, How, yeah, and like, it's like, Wow, and just, Oh, I wish you know, that'd be a dream job, and and and, you know, and to be there, nominated alongside them, just like, what? You know, I'm just in here. I mean, Omno was made, you know, I made the soundtrack in here, any of the live instruments in it, and like my voice and stuff that's in it. That's just in this little room. And these guys are getting to work with, you know, a hundred, well, a hundred, I don't know how many people in the orchestra, but huge orchestras and everything, yeah. and writing phenomenal stuff. And so, so to have that, to be for a moment lifted up to that level was uh, just, it was mind-blowing. And I had a fantastic day. I mean, I didn't win, but I, I really didn't mind because <laughs> it was a phenomenal day. And it was, it's, I'm not going to forget it. It's going to keep me going for years and years. That.
seriously, congratulations on that. Really, really beautiful thing to, to get a nomination for. And I mean, and let's talk a little bit more about the game because we didn't really describe it, but it's mm. beautiful and colorful and it has this, you know, innocence that, uh, you know, mm. just this heartwarming art and plight of this adorable little character mm. that you're controlling and um you know talk a little bit about that if you would and and uh, yeah go mm. ahead so so yeah uh, yeah you well you describe it really well um jonas wanted to make a game that was i think i think a part family friendly for his kids um but also he's a he's a phenomenal animator who's you know he's animated on some really big games and stuff and you know and this was his first solo project and this is what he wanted to do and this kind of puzzle experience and there's a journey in the game you know not you know a lot of people i say journey everyone thinks of the game journey <laughs> yeah. um, but to be clear for the record i did not play that until i had already scored most of the game because i knew that people were going to be like <laughs> oh you've copied journey and it's like mm, I, I really haven't no not uh, at anyway, all yeah that that aside no it's not really like it but you know some people mm -hmm. i think they they feel the experience of it and that's what they that's why yeah. they, they draw some similarities um so it's this beautiful game this character going through and discovering creatures in the world and it's divided into areas and puzzles and and you get these different really like skills and it's gorgeous art and the whole time it's a sense of ah <laughs> just 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 breathe out you know just relax mm -hmm. just spend time here don't you know move forward but there's not a rush really enjoy it all um and so it's like i i get to score that and i get to kind of you know there's some undertones and some there's some messages in there to be learned about making the most of the life that you're in now and making the choice to do that rather than rushing forward into the unknown. Um, but actually just sit back and, and relax, which I think is, a, is, is in some ways a great message at this time in the world, you know, and it's, and you know, it was during COVID was when we kind of the, was the most intense development of, of it all of everything. And so it's sort of, I got to score that and it was a, it was a case of finding motifs for the character and for, there's a motif for the for the character. There's a motif for when he is kind of traversing, and so I call it the traveling motif, as it were. And it kicks in in various places, and the two work together and weave together. Um, and you can hear snippets of those motifs in other tracks and things. You know, kind of comes out of it. But I I was very much a case of I don't want to write eight bars of music and then another eight bars of music, and then you can loop it like that. I was, I just I'm gonna write a, a melody that just flows. Mm. It just goes where where. I feel that I want it to go and that it's the right for the moment. And, and, you know, as long as I didn't stray too far from the, from the sonic design and vision that Jonas had for it from the original snippet, he again gave me free reign. Um, you know, so I was writing five, six minute tracks for different areas that would then kind of go into a, a general bit of kind of ambience before it kind of comes around again. And, you know, and it works, it works, it works well, I think. And it's, you know, there was only, I think there's only one time when, for one of the areas right near the end of the game where he said, oh, it's a little bit too energetic. You know, <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, pull it back, slow it down a bit. And that's actually, and he was completely right. Actually, when it was pulled back and slowed down a little bit, it just sat so much better as a, just a nice thing to be listening to while you're solving a puzzle and all the rest of it.
Do you remember what, I mean, I'm, I would think you would. Do you remember what eight bars he pointed out and said, this is Omno to you? Uh, it was, yeah, it's the music that you hear when you're surfing. Okay. So there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a particular music mm-hmm. when you're surfing because because all the, the, the videos that he had been sharing of the surfing mechanic had a really lovely kind of right to left and, and, yeah. and a sense of rhythm and, and he obviously wanted to try and encourage the player to play like that in the game as they're surfing around to make the most of the contours of the ground and stuff. And it was eight bars for that. And I remember sort of creating the, the kind of synths in the background. So earlier on, I noticed in the game kind of the art style, it was sort of, at the time earlier, it was sort of square but rounded off squares. Kind of, that was quite a key part of the mm-hmm. art style. And so I was like, well, I'll try and make those sort of shapes and, and represent those in some way with kind of synth sounds and things in the background. So kind of having, um, it's hard to describe, but it was sort of just the way my brain worked. And so those were kind of in the background and then this kind of the melody that comes over the top, which is sort of uplifting but also relaxing. And then I added myself actually just breathing over the track. Oh, wow. um, sort of just, just slowly inhaling and exhaling. Uh, and, that, and, and then I pitched it up a little bit and made it sound a bit lighter. So that I, I, every time I listened to it, I didn't go, <laughs> that's me breathing. Because <laughs> I was just really, well, you know, when you hear the sound of your own voice in something, you go, nah, that's <laughs> awful. But <laughs> it's like, you know, so, so did that. And, and, and that's what helps, uh, at least for me, when I listen back to it, I connected to that and it sort of helps mm. calm everything down. And, and, you know, so it's a slightly meditative mm-hmm. aspect to it. Um, and one of the things Jonas said, he said he didn't want your normal percussion in it. He didn't want, because at one stage I like, tried putting in, you know, kind of yeah. stuff to push it forward like that, you know, kind of drum, you know, kick and snare and or of some, of some kind of some description, but he was like, no, don't, he didn't like that. It was too, it said, I think for him, it, de- it defined the genre too much and it was in the wrong direction and he didn't sure. like that. So in the end, it's just, there's just a bit of djembe playing by myself that's, that's, that's nice. in there. And that's the pretty, other than some, you know, kind of sub hits and low booms, that's all the drum percussion that's in the game. A djembe? Yeah, yeah, djembe. In fact, nice. uh, no, it's not in this room at the moment because I've got a pile <laughs> of other things behind me. So, you know, just to shift gears a little bit, just, you know, you talking about this back and forth with whomever you're working with developer-wise, uh, you know, what what is, is it difficult for you when, when someone says, I don't like this, do it again? Or is that just, you just swallow it and move on? Like, how, how do you handle that? Uh, you swallow it and move on, I think. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's part of the job, you know, it's, it's one of those things and, and ultimately you're serving the game. 
if mm-hmm. I was if I had just written a piece of music for my own enjoyment and someone came back to me and said, "Oh, I don't like that," I'd just go, "Fair enough, that's your you know choice." I would hope that people would like it. Yeah. But, no, but for a game, you know, if someone says it to me, it's like, okay, well, then we've got to get this vision right. You know, we've got mm-hmm. we've got to do that, and, I, and I'll keep going and, until until we do. Really, it's I, I'm quite passionate about that. It's you know, in Omno, I think I had forty two or fifty two mixes of one of the tracks. Oh, you know, wow. that I was yeah. kind of tweaking and perfecting and shifting and changing. I mean, it was during lockdown, so I had absolutely nothing else to do, which was <laughs> quite fortunate. Um, yeah. So, you know, but it was, yeah, it's just, you just want to keep going. And it's difficult at times because sometimes you're really passionate about something and, and you're like, I know that this is the right thing for the game. You know, you, you have that kind of feeling inside. And sometimes when a game developer is working on the game, if the artwork is all temporary or whatever, they may... You know, obviously they've got an idea of what they want it to finally look like, but that vision's not real. And some people are very immediate with their reactions to things. Mm-hmm. They're very much, well, this doesn't work with this, therefore I'm struggling to understand how this could be right. Whereas it's sort of like with music, you're writing now and then you've got to get through production and mix and implementation. And by the time all of that's done, the game's going to be in a more final state. And so it's like I'm aiming for that moment and that experience rather than this immediate experience that's two, two and a half years out from release of the game. And you mentioned too that, you know, music has been a part of your life for a very long time and that you kind of knew you wanted Mm. to compose or at least you were composing at a young age so how did when did all that start well okay so i first indicate apparently i first indicated to my mum that i wanted to learn the violin when i was three (laughs) i came out of a a concert that i've been taken to and i I picked up two sticks and tried to start playing them like a violin, apparently. Oh. <laughs> um, so I know how cute is that? Yeah. Now look at me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so that was when I was three and yeah, I'm one of five boys and my parents were oh, wow. really, really, really good at encouraging us to learn musical instruments. They were, you know, they worked so hard and, you know, took us to so many lessons and we all learned multiple instruments. We all learned the piano. And I took to the piano, I think, when I was nine or ten, because my older brothers were learning piano, and I was like, I want in on that action. So, you know, that's that's where it started, and for me, in a big way, for composing. And I, you know, I started playing some computer games. I think, if I remember correctly, the first console that we had, or games thing, was an Amiga five hundred <laughs> uh, that one of one of my uncles gave to us, and I spent a lot of time playing like the Settlers on it. There were certain games early on in my in my well, while I was still going th- working through the musical grades that were really influential, and I would start trying to come up with stuff like that. Oh, and then God. I got to the point on the piano where I was like, you know, playing a piece of Brahms or whatever, and then I would carry on playing past the end of the piece to start <laughs> making stuff up. Yeah, you know, and sort of seeing, can I, you know, can I, can I do this? And you know, cause, and so improvising and that was, that was huge and one of my older brothers sort of taught me the basics of chords and harmonies and things like that and then he also got like a really nice techniques piano where you could 
programming music like literally you know like a bar is divided into 16ths and you go in and put a note in at a time kind of wow. thing you know the way music was programmed like early computer games like yeah that. and so i spent a lot of time doing that coming up with stuff and coming up with my own versions of music for the games that i was enjoying playing and stuff like that so yeah you know for me composing was part of just my musical education growing up i didn't have any formal compositional direction until I went to university, really. Uh, I did GCC and A-level music, but, you know, I was already writing stuff by then, which was acceptable. So my teacher just went, yeah, that's fine. Great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, that doesn't need any look at. So we'll just submit that. Great. Well done. So I went to Manchester Uni to study music, which was, which was good. It gave me time to learn some software. And then I did a master's in writing music for films at Bournemouth University, because uh, it was a good course there. Um, again, where I just honed production skills as best as I could at the time because I still, you know, kind of, you know, I got a MacBook Pro. It was like, wow, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, back, back then it was like flipping heck. And then I was like, wow, there's a world of samplers out there. You know, this was kind of crazy to me. So I sort of, you know, that was a, it was a good year in some ways in that I it gave me a year to focus on it. I mean, all the essay writing that I had to do was... was <laughs> I don't like writing essays, so let's not talk about that at all. Um, but, but I wrote the essays and I got the masters, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, and so from there, then... How did I get into games? Ah, I got into games because my brother was... A, writing music for games, that is, because my brother was a coder for a game on iPhone back when the App Store was fairly new. And, and this was a, it was a game that was doing quite well. And every now and then the sound designer that they had for this company was kind of putting stuff in and it needed fixing. Either the loop needed fixing or something like that. And so my brother would just shoot it over to me and, hey, can you just fix this for me? Because it's just quicker than going back through the company and doing all of that stuff. So I did that. And eventually I had a chat with them over Skype about 11 years ago and they offered me, you know, do us a couple of tracks for this game and we'll give you $500 for that and a whole bunch of sound design stuff which I hadn't really done before. Um, and I was like, and that was, that was startling. That was my foot in the door. And, uh, you know, wow. from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy really to go from that to where, to where I am now. It's sort of mad really when I think about it, the, the journey and it takes a long time. So anyone who's listening, who's sort of out on the start of this journey, it takes a long time, unless you're really lucky or unless you've got some incredible skill, be prepared for the long haul. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are any of your other brothers still in music? No, they're not. Okay. Um, they went for more s- solid and reliable <laughs> jobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, got de- they've got degrees in engineering and, and other things like that. And, gotcha. And so they're all, all out there doing other jobs and things like that. So, But they, you know, they still play when they can. They still like to sit down at a piano and smash out a 12-bar blues or, you know, He's on the a bit of a laugh. My assumption, switching gears again, my assumption, I think probably I thought before we leave was new because it, you said it just came out on console, right? Because I'm a console person. 
Mm. So, ah, okay. yeah. So I have, I, I have been playing it this past week or two and, you know, world builder, right? And mm. for those who are civilization lovers, world builder lovers, it's, it's such yeah. a beautiful, and again, a colorful, beautiful, family-friendly, like, <laughs> just fun, yeah. you know, wholesome experience. So, so talk to me about working on that one, even if it did come out a couple of years ago. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's a really lovely, wholesome game. I think the, the developer's delivery set out to have uh, no violence in it. And, you know, there's, there's another message in the game about, kind of, again, looking after the world and consequences, you know, actions have consequences because you end up polluting the world and so you've got to try and look after it and all of that kind of stuff. But again, it's got all of that amazing, you know, kind of world building management stuff built into it. And it's, it's actually gets really complex. I don't know how far into it you are, but it gets pretty big. It's, yeah. it's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I was, as I said, I was a massive fan growing up of, Settlers and Stronghold, which is another strategy game, and things like that. So when I saw stuff that they were posting as they were starting out, because it was it was their first game. Sam, who's the guy who lives in New Zealand, has got a small team there, with his wife and some other very talented people. Um, they released it, and I was just like, "Oh, that's really lovely," and I really like games like Settlers, and I can see the connections. And so I got in contact again. It's, it's <laughs> wow. you know reach, reaching out, and and you know a couple a couple of conversations, and we agreed on a. On a small contract, and I blew right past the scope of that contract because um, <laughs> I just loved it so much. I mean, it's just I love you know. All, so all the kind of the um, non-diegetic music is all kind of really nice, relaxing tunes and things yeah. like that, that that push you forward and have fun, and they've got a hit tins, kind of a you know tinge of folkiness to them and everything. Um, but then all the little houses, if there are people who are living in those houses are happy or sad, different music comes out of those houses. And, you know, and that's just like folk tunes. And I just had a whale of a time writing those. Honestly, I was just bouncing around in here, you know, kind of, you know, with, with instruments and, you know, samplers and, uh, and synths and stuff. And just, I just absolutely loved it. Honestly, honestly, you know, every time I sent them a track, I'd be smiling going, I hope you really like this one because I love it. <laughs> And, you know, after a couple of kind of early early tracks in the, in the process where we were still trying to get the energy level right for the various things, you know, to get the feel right. You know, after that, again, it was just like they were super happy with what I was doing and the ideas that I was coming up with and, and putting it in. And, you know, it was... That was good times. I don't know what else to say. I really enjoyed working <laughs> on it. And they were they're lovely people to work with as well. I'd be very fortunate in that regard. Um, but, yeah. Just made me bounce. Yeah. Made me bounce so much, that soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like guitars and fiddle, violin and mm. flutes and, you know, again, kind of folky, um, but yeah. really just uh, heartwarming music, mm. you know? It just feels good to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and that was that was that was the whole that was the whole point, you know, is we want yep. people to enjoy their time in this experience.
I mean, I suggested to do the happy, sad thing for the people. And, and, and I think it was, again, because I wanted to make the world feel more alive. Yeah. But these people are coming out of a, you know, an air raid shelter and are repopulating the world. You know, they're going to have, they're getting going to have their kind of history behind them. And the, the style of the folk music changes through the game a little bit in terms of the instrumentation. It gets a little bit more synthy as that technology develops. You know, and, and mm-hmm. the technology gets pretty outrageous towards towards the end. You know, the music gets more synthy, and I bring in kind of you know 808 kit and stuff like that, and, and mm-hmm. gives it gives it more punch. nice to do that and it was it was really fun i mean like i think i can't remember how many tracks there are now with that kind of more folky stuff but like like i uh we were saying before we recorded like there was a, a track in there called oh whaley whaley yeah. that's how i say it anyway <laughs> and i wrote that because like Earlier in the week, I had been accompanying one of my wife's choirs. They were singing a traditional Christmas song called Wally Wally, or Wally Wally, depending on how you pronounce it. <laughs> and so, I, and I sort of just did a, I did a twist on that and sort of turned it around and went, "Oh, actually, that works really nice because it's just just has a lovely feel to it." And you know, so that was kind of where that track came from. Another track, um, because the game is all hexagons. Yes. The world is made up of, anyone who hasn't seen it, the world is made up of lots of hexagons, like you get in Sif and all that kind of stuff. But mathematically, for that to happen, you have to have some pentagons somewhere in the world. It's just the way that sphere is created. I can't even figure that out in my head, yeah. (laughs) No, I know, I know. I don't know. I wouldn't have to do it either. But so the game hides them, and I think it hides them around the back of the world so you can't see them. But if you rotate the world, then they're there. I think that's how it works. Amazing. So I was was like, you know, so I was kind of looking into the maths of this. I thought, that's really cool, Hidden Pentagon. So one of the folky tracks has hidden bars with 5-4 in it rather than, you know, kind of 6-4. Which one? Which one? uh hang on let me pull up I, you gotta you gotta tell i have to find that one i think it's i think i, I think the clue is in the name to be I honest think it's called Where hexagon it? it might be called no it's called the runaway pentagon there oh nice <laughs> like in that one I was just like right I'm going to change up the time signatures and throw in some random stuff and, you know and, and and for me that was enough for the creative juices to get going for that track and you know so that was a couple of days and kind of done sent it over 
they're really happy with it. Right, let's move on to the next thing, kind of thing. So, and it should be known that there are whales in the game. That's like part of the whole point is to get to the space whales, right? Indeed, yes. Yeah. So there's a, there's a space whale that's out there, and it's it's not friendly to start with, um, but then through through technology and and just sheer charm, you can <laughs> become friends with the whale. And, charm uh, yeah, the whale. So I mean, I, yeah, you try, literally charm the whale, and then I won't spoil what happens after that. There's, <laughs> there's possibly more to come. <laughs> So what are you working on now? I'm sure there are things you can't talk about. Is there anything that you can talk about that you're working on? Uh, yes, there's a few things. Um, there's a few kind of indie projects. I'm helping out with a couple of developers who are sort of doing their first game. So I'll give a shout out to those. Uh, a really fun game called Slope Crashers. Um, been developed by a guy called Hans. Um, and it's basically a, a kind of a revival of Snowball Kids, which was a game back on the N64, which I played far too much of with my brothers. Um, so when I again, when I saw him making that, I was like, "Whoa, you're remaking Snowball Kids!" Basically, I really want to score that, so I'm doing that for him. So I'm also working on a game called Worlds of the Future, which is this really fun delivery sci-fi space game. It takes a lot of its cues from Futurama. Really colourful. Love it. Um, Really fun, and it kind of pays homage to a whole bunch of sci-fi kind of, you know, games and films and things as well. It's really good. Um, I'm working with, so it's a big epic score, really colourful, bright, you know, big thing. But I'm also working with Harry Critchley, who wrote the music for Cloudpunk. So he's been brought on as well to help out with with that. Um, so that's really exciting. There's another indie game called Unakai, which is uh, in development, which is really fun as well, helping these guys out. Um, there's uh, So Thomas, who made The Falconeer, is working on his next project, and I am signed up to work with him uh, on that, but we haven't, uh, you know, we're talking about it and playing around with the development at the moment. I haven't really done any music for that yet, but I'm very excited for that because it's going to be the Falconeer world again, and I'm going to get nice. to do all sorts of stuff. It's a it's going to be a, a town, you know, a city builder like townscaper, but also with RTS. So, like all oh, the wow. amazing buildings and stuff, and, and towns and things that you would have seen in the Falcon, you can build your own. It's really cool. Wow. Um, and then there'll be RTS on top of that. You have to defend it and you've got to send your units out and protect it and all that kind of stuff. So, really excited for that. Jonas, obviously, my relationship with Jonas is is strong, and he's working on his next game. So, you know, fingers crossed, I'll get to work on that with him. Uh, and there's a few things that I can't talk about. 
Ah, <laughs> so, fair enough. Quite a lot. <laughs> that is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously you grew up playing games. Do you have time to game? Are you are you gaming right now? Uh, I, I, I try to fit a bit in. I mean, I, I, I do really love it still. Um, I don't get to play as much strategy games as I used to. I mean, I love strategy games. So it's, okay. you know, kind of really got me into it. But sitting down at a PC for an hour or two hours and just playing a game is kind of, it's rare for me at the moment. So I recently picked up a PlayStation 5 and nice. I have, uh, I've, I'm actually on the final boss battle of Ratchet and Clank. Um, oh, nice. I had, to pause, I had to pause it halfway through the battle. I was like, oh, this is so annoying. So, <laughs> so I, I'm so close to that. And that's, that's been a real ride. I've loved that game. I mean, the PlayStation oh. can do incredible things. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do do a bit of multiplayer, like, uh, uh, you know, kind of you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield once upon a time when it was great nice. and stuff like that. So I do, I do play. I like to get my kind of, you know, keep my hand in and I check out as many indie games that come onto Game Pass and everything like that all yeah. the time because there's so much variety and so much good stuff going on. Yeah, that alone is reason to get those, whether it's Game Pass or, you know, the new version of PlayStation Plus that'll be coming, Ooh. you know, I mean, those those things are so helpful for, especially for someone like yeah. me who I do like to try at least try mm. the games that I'm going to talk to someone about or it's hard to do if you, you don't want to drop like you know hundreds of dollars yeah. on all these games well, so yeah it's really amazing yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah no they're, they're, they're phenomenal and it's it's what's also amazing and I've, I've seen this firsthand is like Game Pass has opened up opportunities for developers financially you know the fact that Xbox oh. goes to these indie developers and goes I mean I don't I, I hope I'm not giving any way trade secrets but basically go you know, we'll give you a large sum of money, you know, to keep you to keep you living and to give you everything you need to develop this game. You know, if we can have it on Game Pass, I mean, that's a it's a godsend for developers these days. Yes. It's so hard to fund. Yeah. You know, Kickstarter is no longer a guarantee because yeah, because basically games don't get. There's been a whole bunch of games that have never been kind of delivered through Kickstarter campaigns, and so people yeah. have lost confidence in it to some degree. So you know, Xbox doing things like. Game Pass and, and supporting indie is is it's, it's great. It's really mm -hmm. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, what else do you want to talk about, Ben? I mean, you, there's so many amazing musical moments in your scores, and um, <laughs> I just I've, it's been such a treat to go through it all. Oh uh, well, you're most welcome. It's really nice to talk about it. I mean, it's it's day in day out you know sat in a little studio or you know kind of uh, a local recording studio and things you know it's, it's it gets quite insular so actually being out and you know talking to people about these projects <laughs> is is it's really nice you know it's, yeah. Um, and yeah you're right there's there's so much i you know talk about and i'm sure people well maybe people have questions about how things are done and i'm totally happy to take emails and and if anyone ever sends me a message says you know how do you do this or that then i'd be totally happy to to share because I was very fortunate to be in the position that I am in and I know how hard it is for young composers, so happy to help. Gosh, thank you so much for all your time and 
uh, yeah, and like I keep saying, it, it really was super fun to, to get to know you and, and have some time with your music. Oh, same. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to meet you. It's been really good. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Ben Nichols. You'll see a playlist and you can support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of our chat with Ben on the Level with Emily YouTube channel and please do subscribe to the YouTube channel to get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.